Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou. A big good morning to everybody who's currently tuned in, watching us live, and a big hello to everybody listening back later on or watching us back on the replay. Arsenal are through to the FA Cup semi-finals for the 30th time. Arsenal, the most successful club in the competition's history, and we are back where we belong in the last four Um, Of course, we've been drawn against Manchester City, which is not ideal Um, of the of the other three, I guess. uh, Sorry, of the other two. They're the ones that we didn't want to face for sure, um, particularly after the way they took us apart uh, very, very recently. So it's not ideal, um, but we are in the last four and we should enjoy this and we should take encouragement from it. And we should just be happy as football fans that we've reached the, the last four of the FA Cup again. And You know, I've seen a lot of, oh, but, you know, but we're going to get battered in the next round and all of this sort of attitude. Maybe that is the case. But for now, let's just enjoy it. Um, Arsenal went to Bramall Lane, a really, really difficult place to go. Um, I know the crowd is not there, but we spoke about it in the build-up. Sheffield United have been a very, very good and effective side this year under Chris Wilder. And given the way we'd come back after the restart, two defeats. And then, of course, we got that win at Southampton, which was by no means spectacular, but we got over the line anyway. Everybody was was worried about this trip to, to Sheffield United. Many people feared that we'd be dumped out of the cup, and that wasn't to be the case. I'm going to take you through the game, um, share some of my thoughts on it, um, and, uh, yeah, see what you guys have to say as well in the comments section. And, of course... Uh, If you are watching back on the replay, you can leave us comments there as well. And I'll be sure to pick those up um, as soon as possible. Let's start off by looking at the Arsenal lineup. It was Emi Martinez in goal as expected. Uh, Back three in terms of the central defenders was Skodra Mustafi. um, And David Lewis came back in uh, in the middle of that trio alongside Seja Kalasinac. So um, I think many people expected probably Tierney to stay in that left centre-back role. Um, There was a shout that maybe Rob Holding would be back in the team, but we knew there was going to be rotation um, given the the quick succession of games that we have at the moment. Of course, we face, uh, uh, you know, we play another game, sorry, on Wednesday um, at the Emirates Stadium. So it's all very back to back at the moment. And Mikel Arteta is going to have to chop and change and switch up that squad to keep people fresh and prevent the injuries that we've seen so far that have been a real, real problem. Uh, in the right wing-back position, it was Ainsley Maitland-Niles. No Hector Bellerin. Uh, he was left on the bench. And Kieran Tierney got the nod at left wing-back, which is a role that I feel is far more suited to him uh, than playing in the, in the centre of the defence. So it was good to see um, him getting a nod in that role. In the middle of the park, it was Granit Xhaka and Joe Willett. Granit Xhaka being in the team again, um, again highlighting how important Mikel Arteta believes he is to the way this midfield works and the way that the team operates. And then it was a front three of Nicolas Pepe, Bukayo Saka and Alexander Lacazette. At the subs bench was Nketiah holding Ceballos Socrates 
Aubameyang, uh, Bellerin, Macy, Nelson, Smith. So Aubameyang being left out as well. Um, but again, it, for me, it's purely down to rotation. There's no uh, footballing reason to leave Aubameyang out. So I wouldn't worry about that um, at this moment in time. Interestingly, though, no Mesut Ozil. He was uh, complaining of a back problem, missed training um, on Saturday. Uh, so Ozil wasn't involved in the squad. And again, there was still no place for Matteo Genduzzi. Now, there's been a lot of talk about uh, his situation in the last week or so. We've been discussing it on this show. We spoke about it in detail with Dan Potts in the preview show ahead of the Sheffield United game. And it seems as though Mikel Arteta is making a real point here with Matteo Genduzzi. He wants to make it uh, clear that he will not tolerate uh, the kind of attitude that he has seen from Matteo Genduzzi. And let's let's set the record straight. This is not solely about uh, what happened at Brighton, the incident involving uh, the young Frenchman and Neil Mopé. This is about the attitude that he's been displaying behind the scenes. We've heard from various sources that there have been a couple of training ground rows since Mikel Arteta arrived and that he's been caught sort of mocking the boss, um, you know, when going through video footage and that's just not on. Um, particularly when you haven't made it yet yourself. You know, it's it just it's wrong in every way. And I'm glad uh, that Mikel Arteta is addressing the issue. I don't know how long he can keep this up for and how long it is right to keep this going for because naturally Matteo Genduzzi is going to get fed up. And you have to weigh up the balance, don't you, between do you value his talent so much that you are give, willing to give him another opportunity or has... Has the, the, the glass broke, I guess, in Mikel Arteta's case? I don't know. Um, and I guess it's a situation that we're going to have to just keep uh, keeping our eye on and looking at and seeing how that develops um, over the next uh, weeks and months. Right. Let's uh, go over to um, some of the screenshots from the game that I want to share with you as I take you through some of the key moments. Let's say a big hello, actually, to those in the comments. Uh, I.e., good morning. Uh, how you doing, mate? Sam Greenwood says, you are on early. Um, yeah, I am, mate. We're bringing the podcast to you in the morning now um, so that as many of you can tune in as possible um, throughout the day. Uh, it means the audio of the podcast is available in the morning as well. And I know a lot of people like to listen to those on their way to work or on their way back from work. Uh, so we felt it would be the right thing to do. Um, we'll also be hoping, hoping uh, to bring you a second stream each day. Uh, during the week but that is to be confirmed uh, but it looks like we're going to do that as well so there'll be plenty more content coming your way and also if you want even more content you can become a patron by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the chronicles of a goon all right let's get back to it um we're just taking a look at of course the the opening goal that sheffield united scored of course it was ruled out for offside um, but you can see here on your screens you can see the situation in the penalty area it was lundstrom at the far post who you can see alexander lacazette has decided against marking uh, in this situation uh, that nods the ball in but you just see the ball come over and you can see there's a couple of players uh, going up in a tussle with with granite Xhaka. Um, and you can see Kieran Tierney's almost been sort of moved out of the way of the challenge. But for me, Granit Xhaka, you know, Arsenal need to be stronger in these situations. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pull Granit Xhaka's performance apart because, again, I thought he had a decent game. Again, I thought he highlighted uh, why he, he is so important to this team. And according to whoscored.com, Granit Xhaka was the man of the match with a performance of seven and a half out of ten. So, again, this is not a, a Xhaka bashing session. This is literally... Um, 
just a an observation. Arsenal need to be stronger in these situations, but you can see that the the, the Sheffield United man is almost riding on Xhaka's back uh, to get that advantage in the leap, and that happens so often in the Premier League. And I get that it's difficult for referees to police, but you know he's he's clearly climbing on on the Swiss international, and he gets the header back across goal. But it's from then on that the marking is really really poor, isn't it? And fortunately for Arsenal, as you'll see. Uh, in this next uh, screenshot, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're not, um, don't worry, I'll, I'll be explaining these in detail. You can see that Lundström and McGoldrick are quite clearly offside when, when the Sheffield United player heads it back across the goal. And uh, the VAR checked it. Unfortunately, the VAR was there because it wasn't given initially. And, you know, people can speak about VAR and be critical of it and talk about how... Um, it isn't uh, it isn't good and, and you know it disrupts the flow of the game etc etc but this is exactly what var is for to deal with situations like this where the officials have clearly made a mistake and so i was glad uh, to see them intervene there and ensure uh, that arsenal didn't go behind uh, to an offside goal um moving forward sheffield united one of their biggest weapons on the day was the long throw-in. And we're going to come to the long throw-in again a bit, little bit later on when we look at their equaliser. But it's something that Sheffield United have obviously identified as as a way of getting at Arsenal. And you can see here when the throw-in comes in, again, it's a very flat delivery. It's into that near post area. It's almost like having a corner. Um, such is the accuracy and the the trajectory and the, and, and the power on some of these throw-ins that they are really, really difficult to get to. And you see here, that Skodran Mustafi just gets ahead to it. And as a result, the ball goes past Emi Martinez's goal and out of McGoldrick's reach. But it was pretty evident early on in this game that Sheffield United were going to start launching long throw-ins at every opportunity to try and make life as difficult as possible for this Arsenal side. Then we move on to uh, Arsenal winning the penalty kick. Um, and we see the build-up play here. And Arsenal were very much in control of possession at this stage in the game, but it was very um, non-progressive, if that makes sense. They were passing the ball from side to side, but at times you need to make that move and you need to try and play that penetrative pass. And, and even if it means, um, you know, going into a, a crowded area, you can see from this uh, occasion that we did benefit out of it. And, you know, we saw Kieran Tierney here, not give the easy option and play it out to, to the man on the left who had pulled out, but he gives it into Lacazette. And we know that one of Lacazette's strengths is to be able to control the ball in tight spaces and turn, etc. And what Lacazette does really, really well here for me is when he receives the ball, he knows um, that the only thing for the Sheffield United man to do is commit a foul. It's either let him have the ball, let him keep possession for his team, or you go into the back of him and you could see the penalty. And... That's exactly what happened. Arsenal won a penalty. I think it was Chris Basham who went into the back of Alexander Lacazette. Not the greatest deal of contact, but if you come into the back of someone, you make contact with them and you don't get any of the ball, then you're going to pay for it. And that's exactly what happened there. Uh, and Arsenal got the penalty and upstepped uh, Nicolas Pepe, who scored a number of penalties last season. I think 11, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for his former club in Liga. And so, a very accomplished penalty taker is Nicolas Pepe. And what I found interesting about this was I thought the way he took the penalty really showed his confidence. Um, you know, he's a player who hasn't been amazing since he's come to Arsenal. Was coming for a fair amount of criticism, was coming for a lot of stick. The price tag that we paid for him 
didn't help in any way, shape or form in that sense. But when you look at a player like Nicolas Pepe, you know, it's been very easy to say that he suffers from a lack of confidence, etc. For me, this penalty actually displayed the opposite. It displayed that this is a player who really, really believes in himself and really has a lot of confidence. And you see the way he takes this penalty. Now, I used to take a lot of penalties, of course, not at Premier League level. And I was right-footed. And I would never have done what Nicolas Pepe did there. And that is go back across the goal um, the way he has. So he's coming up with a left foot and he's dragged the penalty back uh, across the goal to his right side. And there's always a far, far greater risk of dragging the penalty wide when you do that, rather than just opening your foot and steering it into the other side. So for me, it was a really, really... A good penalty. It was a really confident penalty. It was really, really well placed. I think Henderson in the Sheffield United goal almost was waiting to see what Pepe was going to do. It felt like his dive was a little bit late, but such was the placement of the penalty that I don't think even if he had dived a, a split second earlier, he would have got anywhere near it. Such a good penalty from Nicolas Pepe and great to see that confidence uh, flowing through his veins and, and, and really uh, proving his worth for this Arsenal side. I move on a little bit to uh, another effort from Nicolas Pepe, which um, it forced another save out of Henderson. Um, really, really good work from him and Alexander Lacazette. And you can see here that the long ball comes forward and Nicolas Pepe goes up for the header. Now, what I like about this is Nicolas Pepe drifted inside um, to get his head to the ball. He's under the challenge from the Sheffield United defender. But in order for two forwards to, to link up for me, they, always, they need to be close together. They need to be on the same page. And you can see that when this ball came forward, uh, Nicolas Pepe got up in the air and Alexander Lacazette was very close to him. And that made this move possible. If I take it on to the next shot, um, Pepe's knocked it down. Lacazette's got it at his feet. And then Pepe's made that darting run inside, that diagonal run from the right flank infield, which will allow him to pick up the ball on his stronger left foot. And Lacazette plays a wonderful pass into, into Nicolas Pepe right from the edge of the box. He fires a show lot at de, uh, low sorry, at Dean Henderson's post and the keeper makes a, a decent save. But again, the combination play between Lacazette and Pepe, really, really good. And, and Lacazette is capable of that type of combination play, but you need not only him to be alert and, and busy, but you also need the player uh, that's that's trying to link up with him to make the smart run, to make the run early, to get close to him um, and make that happen. It's no good asking someone to hold up the ball and then taking an age to get support near to him. So if we're going to ask Lacazette to do that, um, then we've got to get bodies up and in and around him. And, and we did that on that occasion. So really, really good to see. Um, another one of Sheffield United's real, real weapons was uh, Henderson's goal kicks. And we see here um, Henderson... Uh, smashing a drop kick from his own penalty area, almost catching Emi Martinez out in his own goal. Um, there was a really sort of big bounce around the edge of the penalty area and the ball was looping and Martinez um, had to stay alert, had to stay awake to it. Really, really um, unusual to see that, but it's something that Sheffield United obviously uh, use and, and see it as a weapon. And of course, Arsenal are notoriously not great with dealing with that type of ball. So, you can't blame uh, Chris Wilder's side for, for going down that route and taking that option. Let's move on to um, the equaliser. And this was a really, really disappointing goal uh, to concede. But I have to start by saying I really, really felt that we suffered when David Lewis went off. 
And I know he's had a lot of criticism lately and he's been, you know, sort of the talk of the town and there are a lot of people up in uproar about him being given a new deal. But I thought David Lewis, until he went off yesterday, had a really, really good game. Um, and, and it kind of serves as a reminder as to why Mikel Arteta might have kept him, why Mikel Arteta probably thinks that although we're not where we need to be in terms of the centre-backs that we have at our disposal, he's probably still better than a lot of them. And I think that was evidenced... Um, during this one. And I think when he went off, we had a bit of a problem. I didn't think Rob Holding was particularly good when he came on. I think it is difficult to come into a game uh, late on um, or, or at that stage that he did um, and and get up to speed with things. And, and, you know, all of a sudden you're being asked to do... I think, well, it wasn't that late on. It was the, the 53rd minute. So second half starts... It's not easy to catch up to the speed of things and it's not easy to come into a game in which your team are going to face a lot of that type of pressure that we've been talking about, those aerial balls, um, the physical nature of the battle, etc, etc. And Sheffield United, to a degree, did try to bully us, um, as a lot of teams have done. And we saw another Arsenal player get shoved off the side of the pitch. I think it was Ser Kalasin actually this time. Proof that referees allow teams to get away with this and teams as a result, feel like that's the way to stop Arsenal. And they go out on the pitch with that intention. It's a real, real fucking problem. Um, but, you know, holding comes on, it isn't great. Let's be honest. And and you can see here, uh, it, it's a throw-in uh, for Sheffield United. Another one of those long throw-ins on that far side. The ball comes launching into the penalty area. And you see that the ball is up in the air. And for me, it's pretty basic stuff as a defender. You've got to deal with the ball at the highest point possible and Arsenal didn't allow that to, well Arsenal didn't do that I should say the ball drops to Ser Kalasinac he can't get his body sorted um he's in a bit of a mess he's he's facing the ball but Ser Kalasinac is it well he's very left-footed the ball comes it's coming almost towards his right foot he just gets himself in a bit of a muddle and he can't clear his lines and it's into Rob Holding and the deflection drops right into the path of McGoldrick and and Sheffield United um, are back on level terms. And at this point, you really, really feared um, for what the rest of the game was going to hold because Arsenal are just, you know, we've we've become accustomed as Arsenal fans in the last few years to look at this team and just whenever something goes against us, just say, yeah, we're mentally weak and, and that's it now, we're going to crumble. And the reason that, that attitude has come about is because that's been the case on most occasions. You know, more often than not, Arsenal suffer a setback. Arsenal don't recover. It's as simple as that. And it's been a real, real concern. And and so having conceded that goal at the point we conceded it and then um, having seen, because that goal was, was pretty late on, to be fair, 86th minute, having seen that goal conceded and then the pressure that Sheffield United was starting to put us under and they'd been doing it over a period of time, the long balls and the physical battles we we keep talking about, it felt as though the game was getting away from Arsenal. And, you, and at that point, I'm not going to lie, my, my feeling was, let's just get to extra time now and we can reset and try and go again because I was really, really concerned about um, the direction in which the, the match was heading. But to Arsenal's credit, Arsenal stepped up to the plate and one man in particular stepped up to the plate and that's Danny Ceballos. And let's, uh, let's have a look at the goal and the way it came about. Um, and it came about from an Arsenal counter-attack. An Arsenal counter-attack in which Bukayo Saka carried the ball forward for the Gunners. And you can see, for those of you watching on the screen, you've got Saka in the centre circle with the ball. There's uh, Enketia to his left, Pepe to his right. And there are one, two, three, four, five um, 
six actually uh, Sheffield United bodies running back and all uh, sort of in the vicinity and Bukayo Saka does really really well to carry the ball out for Arsenal here and then uh, he does really really well to play it to Eddie Nketiah on the left now Eddie Nketiah steps inside and the key to this goal and the key to the whole attack working for me was the intelligent run that Bukayo Saka then made. Because what Bukayo Saka does here is he could uh, demand the ball, and I'm sure he would have liked the ball had Eddie Nketiah chosen to play it to him. But Eddie Nketiah shows maturity as well here because he just lets Bukayo Saka make that run into the space in between the two Sheffield United defenders. And what that does is that causes enough hesitation and enough space um, and enough of a situation for the defender on the far side uh, closest to Nicolas Pepe to be sucked in uh, inside and infield. And that just gives Nicolas Pepe those extra couple of yards. And then when he does eventually receive the ball, um, he's in plenty of space. He doesn't do great with the ball, Nicolas Pepe, um, I've got to say, and he ends up being forced back. But Danny Ceballos, fresh substitute, continues his run, gets up with a play, takes this ball off of Nicolas Pepe, brilliantly it's a great first touch he doesn't snatch it he doesn't fire it at goal he doesn't smash it across the penalty area hopefully he takes one touch to compose himself to get himself free of the defender's attentions and then he takes a second touch here and this second touch here is key it's massive because at this point I think pretty much every Arsenal fan in the world is screaming cut this back cut this back cut this back Eddie Nketiah is making a dart towards the penalty spot. Bukayo Saka's at the far post. Make your decision and pick out a teammate. But Danny Ceballos doesn't do that. That second touch, as I've said, allows him to compose himself. And the way Dean Henderson comes out, leaving the channel of his inside post completely open, Danny Ceballos uses his brain, looks up, can see that there's a number of defenders in the penalty area. There's more getting back for Sheffield United and decides to take advantage of the goalkeeper's miscalculation and slot it past him into that bottom corner. And I cannot remember the last time I celebrated an Arsenal winner like that. It was brilliant. Um, and I'm gutted because I had tickets to this game. And of course, everything that happened meant that no fans could attend. But can you just imagine what it would have been like in that away and celebrating... Danny Ceballos' goal, um, a last-minute stoppage time winner at Sheffield United, taking us through to Wembley. And it was brilliant. And it was great for Ceballos as well because I don't think it's a secret. His spell on loan here from Real Madrid hasn't been great. It hasn't been as he'd have wanted. He will be frustrated with the lack of game time. He will be frustrated with the way things have worked out at times. But, you know, you know what? That is just... That is what we love football for, moments like that. And as a player, you could see how much it meant to Danny Sabas, the way he wheeled away in celebration. And Arsenal were through uh, to, to Wembley and, and that's all that matters. And, you know, we've got another game coming up on Wednesday night and we need to keep the momentum. We need to keep building. We need to keep improving. Um, we're not at the stage where we're going to go to places and dominate teams every single week. So to see that Sheffield United um, caused us problems, to see that that it was... Uh, a game in which, you know, could have gone either way, given the balance of the chances is not a surprise. But getting over the line the way we did is is a huge confidence boost. And it's something that we can build on. And it's about building this winner's mentality. And it proves to some of these players that if you keep going until the very, very end, you can get your reward. And, and Arsenal certainly did that. Look, 
there were lots of faults in Arsenal's performance yesterday. There were lots of things you can look at and you can say, we could have done that better. We could have done this better. We didn't do that well enough. This player wasn't good enough. That player was okay. But ultimately, it's, you know, we've just made it through to a semi-final of the Cup. We're going to Wembley. Let's enjoy it. Let's be happy. Let's be football fans for a moment and not be too concerned about the nuances and the, the, the minor details of this game. That's for Mikel Arteta to worry about. And I'm sure he will be fully aware of his team's shortcomings. There's no doubt about that in my mind. So let's worry about making sure, um, you know, we enjoy these kind of moments as Arsenal fans. Because it's been a lot of doom and gloom lately. The last couple of seasons have been really, really tough. A lot of heartbreak, a lot of disappointment. So let's enjoy these moments. Can't say with any degree of, of certainty that we're going to enjoy the semi-final. But we're there. Let's get there. You know, the last time Arsenal won the FA Cup... Uh, we beat Manchester City in the semi-final and then we beat Chelsea in the final. So if you believe in omens, there you go. Um, so let's uh, let's see how that's going to unfold and, and let's just look forward to that. Let's park that though for a minute and focus on our Premier League campaign and about finishing as high as possible as we can. And I know that the Champions League places seem out of reach now, um, but we've really, really got to, we've got to um, just move forward and, and understand this is going to be a long process. I think from a structural perspective in terms of the way Arsenal set up, I think Mikel Arteta got that right in the sense of um, I thought it was definitely the most effective way we could have played at Bramall Lane. Um, Mustafi alluded to it in his interview when he was asked about um, whether it's about this group finding the right way that they can all play together now and the most effective way. And he said it depends on our opponents as well. And, and I agree with that. When you're not good enough, when you're not necessarily the, such a strong side that you can go there and impose your game on anyone, you have to be adaptable. You have to be flexible. And I was okay when Unai Emery was changing tactics at the beginning. Um, but the frustration for me was when we were playing against sort of the lower sides at home and he would go to these negative formations or, um, you know, we were playing in ways that were polar opposites to to the way we'd played the week before. And there's got to be some form of continuity. Although you've got to be adaptable and able to, to change and shift in, in order to cope with your opponent, you also have to have some key principles. And I never thought that under Unai Emery we had those. And that was probably the biggest problem. Um, let's go over to some of your comments. Um, da, da, da. Uh, Niall Healy says, wouldn't be too upset if we sell Genduzi. Uh, reporting back to that. No, neither would I, mate. Look, he's shown um, some talent. He's shown some promising signs. But ultimately, if his attitude isn't right, then, you know, we cash in. And we could cash in because we know that Arsenal's finances are not in a great state at the moment. We know that we didn't pay very much for Matteo Genduzzi. And we know that given those promising signs I mentioned that he has shown, there will be suitors out there. There will be people willing to pay, um, you know... Uh, I reckon 20, 30 million for Matteo Genduzzi. And so, you know, why not let him go? Um, if if Mikel Arteta really feels he can't work with him, but I suspect that Mikel Arteta will give him another chance. I suspect he's making his point now and rightly so. And um, and we'll see him back in the, in the fold uh, in the near future. Uh, that's just my gut feeling. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, Sam Greenwood TV says I liked our formation and tactics in the first half it was the best we've played so far since the restart we dropped intensity and let Sheffield United back into the game second half but great to win I, and I think you, you've summed that up perfectly Sam you've highlighted the positives 
you've highlighted the areas in which we need to develop, but you've also enjoyed the win. And that's, to a degree, as fans, we've got to do that, haven't we? When victories come along, we've got to enjoy them. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, it can't always be doom and gloom. It can't always be negative. It can't always be, oh, but we should have done this. Oh, but we should have done that. So that's absolutely spot on. Right attitude. Um, great stuff. Right, that brings us to the end of uh, today's review show. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in. Thank you to everyone who's going to watch this back later or listen via the audio. Don't forget to leave us a review, leave your comments, share your thoughts. Um, and if you fancy becoming a patron of the podcast, you can do so by checking out the link rolling across your screens at the moment. For those of you listening, it's patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. Plenty of exclusive content coming your way. And if you sign up as a super fan, you will receive a free gift after three months of membership. So, Thank you all to those of you, uh, thank you to those of you who have signed up already, and thank you to those who are going to sign up. And uh, don't worry, there'll still be plenty of uh, free content coming your way as well uh, for those of you um, who enjoy it via YouTube or, or Apple Podcasts or whatever. And um, as I've said all along, it's not compulsory. It would be a great help, a great support um, if you were to join us. But if you don't, it's not an issue. We don't have a problem, and um, we look forward to interacting with you guys. Uh, via the other platform so thank you all so much and until next time up the arsenal <laughs>